PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Hello, thank you for joining and supporting the PDPW Weekly Podcast. You know, failure is a part of the human condition. It's a natural part of life. But as we hear from our guest this week, Shelley O'Leary, the important thing is to learn from those failures. And as she puts it, to fail forward. She wants people to understand that when you fall flat on your face, there's always a lesson to be learned and how you can capitalize. Here's Shelley O'Leary with this week's podcast titled The Gift of Failure. Hey, friends. If we were all gathered in one place and we could see each other, I'd open up this conversation by asking you all for a show of hands from anyone who has ever failed at anything in their life. I'm pretty sure every hand would be in the air. So assuming we're all experienced with making mistakes, I want to spend a little time today talking about how to capitalize on the gift of failure. Let's step back in time. Harlan David Sanders was born in 1890 in Henryville, Indiana. When Harlan was six years old, his father passed away, leaving him to help his mom cook and care for his siblings. In seventh grade, Harlan dropped out of school and left home to work as a farmhand. He served a little bit of time in the U.S. Army, and after being honorably discharged, he was hired as a laborer by the local railway, but he got fired for fighting with a co-worker. Fortunately, Harlan had studied law while he had been working for the railway, but he ruined his legal career by getting into another fight. So he was forced to move back in as an adult with his mom and get a job selling life insurance from which he was later fired for insubordination. Well, by the age of 40, Harlan began selling chicken dishes inside a service station. Four years afterward, he bought a motel, which burned to the ground along with his restaurant, but Harlan was determined, so he built a new motel and he ran it until World War II forced him to close that one down. Well, what he really wanted to do once the war was over was to franchise his restaurant. So after the war, he started driving from location to location, trying to sell his secret recipe. And though he knew it was a good one, his recipe was rejected 1,009 times before somebody else also thought it was good. Now, if you're familiar at all with this story, you know Harlan Sanders as Colonel Sanders. You know that secret recipe as the finger-licking-good recipe of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Despite Harlan's early failures and being rejected over 1,000 times, Colonel Sanders has a good deal to boast about today. Well, actually, the, the man himself passed away several years ago. Uh, but KFC, as of December 2019, is the world's second largest restaurant chain after McDonald's with 22,621 locations globally in 150 countries. Not bad, eh? In fact, a Google search will quickly show you that his is not the only story of a successful person who first met with quite a few failures. Here are a few more. And now I'm quoting from a pretty famous woman. She says, I had failed on an epic scale. 
an exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded and I was a jobless single parent, as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. The fears that my parents had for me and that I had for myself had all come to pass. By every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. Friends, that quote is from J.K. Rowling, the author of the all-time best-selling book series in history. Have you heard of Harry Potter? <laughs> well, J.K. Rowling's imagination sparked not just the Harry Potter series of books, but the entire culture of Harry Potterdom that continues to sweep across nations, ages, and demographics. Now, different story, and this one is also from not too long ago. We're talking about a Harvard College dropout who later became co-owner of a business called Trafodata. Remember that one? Trafodata. What? You never heard of it? Well, of course you didn't. It was a failure. As it turns out, that guy had a little bit of talent and a whole lot of zeal for computer programming. At the age of 31, the famous failure, the co-owner of Trafodata, also became the founder of Microsoft and the world's youngest self-made billionaire. Of course, we know him as Bill Gates. A certain basketball player's stats will show that this famous guy missed more than 9,000 shots in his career, lost about 300 games, and was trusted 26 times by his teammates to take the game-winning shot, but missed. Now, Michael Jordan failed over and over and over again. He'll tell you himself. Michael Jordan attributes his success to his many failures. And then there's Walt Disney. Not only did he drop out of school at a young age to join the army, which he failed at, by the way. Mm, I'm not quite sure how you fail at that. But anyway, one of his ventures, Laughagram Studios, was apparently a laugh because it went into ruins because of his inability to run a business. On top of that, Walt was fired from the newspaper company he worked for because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. How would you like to be the guy who fired Walt Disney because he lacked imagination? As for me, I've experienced plenty of failure also. And since I'm the one with the mic today, I get to refrain from sharing super embarrassing uh, failures in favor of a much cuter one. Anyone who ever met my mama knows she was a hard-working farm wife who did her best to keep my brothers and me in line. Uh, I grew up on a family farm. Both my mom and dad uh, played a very important role in my life. And much to the delight of all of us, mom loved baking. I think we took it for granted at the time. But this one particular Saturday morning, I was eager to step into her shoes. I insisted she let me make the chocolate chip cookies that she was pulling out the ingredients for. So here I am, nine years old, maybe 10 years old. She figured I was up for the job, so she left me to it. Well... 
Though I had watched her hundreds of times before, I reached a point in the recipe when I knew something was irrevocably wrong with my cookie dough. I mean, I knew we were going to have to throw it out. And I also knew I was going to have to stoop to the level of admitting I needed her help. So I called mom for help. As she walked into the kitchen, she took one look into the bowl of cookie dough and saw it was a soupy, sloppy mess. She looked at me. She said, did you put milk in there? I said, well, yeah. And I'm a little perplexed now because I followed the recipe to prove my point. I picked up the bag of chocolate chips and I started reading the recipe to her out loud. See, I said, pointing to the bag with my finger. It says to add two and a quarter cups of milk. She gave me the strangest look and I looked at the recipe again. Oh, man. <laughs> it didn't call for two and a quarter cups of milk. It called for two and a quarter cups of milk, chocolate, chips. Ah, <laughs> it was an epic fail. Well, my mama, being the thrifty farmer's wife that she was, took the bowl out of my hands, and she set about to salvage that messed up cookie dough by adding a few more cups of flour, a couple more cups of sugar and eggs, and whatever else she thought would save that wretched cookie recipe. As for me, I was thankful my two younger brothers hadn't been in the house to observe my cookie-making failure. As proof positive that failing is indeed part of the human condition, there's no end to famous quotes regarding what to do about it. You know, you've heard them too. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And practice makes perfect. And to err is human, which is 1700s speak for if you're a human, you're going to mess up. Thomas Edison himself is quoted as saying, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Well, that might just be about right for Thomas Edison. In his lifetime, he acquired a record number of patents, 1,093 patents to be exact. And of course, we've heard of many of them, you know, the phonograph, the incandescent light bulb, and then there's a whole bunch of them that I've never heard of before, and a couple that maybe I should remember, but I don't, including that he invented one of the earliest motion picture cameras and that he invented a battery for the self-starter that was introduced on the iconic Model T. Okay, well, we can all agree that we're going to fail. It's not a particularly lovely thought, but as is the case with so many unlovely things, failure leaves us a gift to unwrap. Now, you might be wondering, what could possibly be the gift of me failing? Well, before I reveal the gift of failure, I'd like to extol the gift of failure because today's featured gift is highly revered among people and particularly among leaders and teachers and managers and mentors. I'm talking about humility. 
Now, a dictionary definition defines humility as the quality of being humble, modest, or meek, with meek being another word for teachable. In life and leadership and relationships, humility is a key attribute of those who are respected by others. It's almost always found in those who have integrity and are highly regarded by their peers. Let me qualify. Humility is not weakness. It is not low self-esteem or letting others walk all over you. Humility is the modest self-confidence in one's own abilities. It is strength under control. Humility is the ability to admit you're wrong when you're wrong and to quietly stand by when you've been proven to be right. I want to borrow some thoughts here from an article posted at success.com and authored by a man whose last name I might not be able to say correctly. Uh, Mick Euclasia is founder and president of Leadership Track. In this article outlining six attributes of healthy humility, Mick affirms that those who exhibit humility acknowledge they don't have it all together. Think about it. As humans, we are more drawn to one another's vulnerabilities, not our ability to pretend our lives are all perfectly in order. Think about yourself. How many of you tend to root for the underdog as opposed to the one who has always had life handed to him on a silver platter, who has always had everything going for him? Humble people understand there's a difference between self-confidence and pride. Consider Martin Luther King Jr. Consider Gandhi. These men modeled humility, and we certainly wouldn't describe them as weak or lacking in self-esteem. Other things that draw us to people of humility include their desire to add value to others and their personal habit of taking responsibility for their actions. Perhaps the most important quality of people with humility is that they're sincerely grateful for what they have, even if they don't have much. And if they have much, they don't carry around a sense of entitlement that all of it was owed to them. Humble people do not elevate themselves in their own eyes. I want to give you a simple take-home message. When you experience failure, and you're gonna, go easy on yourself. Whether you've goofed up big time and it's messed up someone's life or it's caused pain, or you failed at something really quite minor, you're embarrassed and you sure wish you hadn't done it or said it or been there, but quite frankly, it won't be the thing on the top of people's minds in a week or two. Whether you've goofed up big or little, keep in mind failing is a natural part of life. The important thing is to brush yourself off and learn from your failures. Now, if you notice that you continue to fail in the same areas over and over again, you might want to consider checking with a friend or a mentor to see if they can help you overcome whatever stumbling block it is that keeps tripping you up. 
Then commit to learning what lessons there are there. And soon you'll be, to quote somebody who probably wrote a book about it, failing forward. And failing forward is another way of describing that you should make something good come from your failures. As I was preparing the content for this particular podcast, I couldn't help but think about a Kenny Rogers song, The Greatest, about a little boy playing baseball outside by himself. In his imagination, the stands are full of cheering fans and his teammates are totally confident in his abilities because after all, that song makes me cry. I really recommend that you check it out on YouTube. Search for The Greatest by Kenny Rogers. There's probably several different versions of the video, so you want to find the one where the little boy is playing baseball by himself outside. But really, the whole point is failure is not an enemy. Quite the contrary. Failure is a teacher whose lessons are always tailor-made for us, perfectly suited to mold us into the better, stronger, more compassionate person of humility that each of us should humbly be able to look into the mirror and say, I am the greatest. Our thanks to Shelley O'Leary for today's message. Shelley, the communications and outreach specialist with the professional dairy producers. And our thanks to you for listening and supporting these weekly PDPW podcasts. And we encourage you to have a safe and productive week. More at pdpw.org.